Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. One alive, one dead, one fictional. It's up to you who you choose, you pick them all. It's up to you who you choose, you pick them all. Who you having? Make it who you wish. This is your dinner party. And it's your guest list. Hello, and welcome to episode four of Guest List with Jake Lambert, the podcast where I interview comedians to find out who would be their perfect dinner party guests. But there's a twist. They can only pick three. One has to be alive, one has to be dead, and one has to be fictional. Now, before we get on with the show, just a little announcement that uh, we are now officially on Apple's new and noteworthy podcasts which was a lovely surprise to wake up to, and the response has been amazing. We now have listeners all over the world. Um, um, We have, this week, listeners from America, Brazil, New Zealand, Norway, China, Serbia, Egypt, uh, Russia. So, um, welcome, hello. I would say it all in your languages, but um, I assume you speak English. And, of course, I don't know how. Um... Now, I've actually been moving house this week, so I haven't had a chance to go through the emails, but if you're a new listener, what we do is we have a thing called Pest List, where you can send in your pitch for the worst dinner party guests, um, and I'll pick the the worst one each week. So if you want to write in, that is guestlistwithjake at gmail.com. Now, for this episode, we are joined by uh, comedian Tom Allen, who you will know from everything. Uh, he's been on uh, The Apprentice You'll Fide, Bake Off Extra Slice, Live at the Apollo, Mock the Week, 8 Out and Cats, Cats Does Countdown, Sunday Brunch, um, and now this podcast. Now, Tom and I have worked together for many years, and uh, a few years ago, we did a tour of the Highlands together, and we actually start this podcast reminiscing about our little trip away. So here is uh, my conversation with Tom Allen. What a lovely time that was, Jane. It was so lovely, wasn't it? That was two and a half years ago now. I know, isn't that mad? Yeah, forget like how quickly the last couple of years have gone. Maybe mm. because one of them was basically in prison. But um, the, <laughs> um, the, through the pandemic, I should point out. Yes, yeah, and then you had lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I was in prison for a year, did I never mention that? Um, the, um, yeah, that was a lovely time. And I didn't know what to expect from that North Coast sort of touring circuit each night sort of delivered something different yes definitely well like we started off in bankery just outside aberdeen well not just outside, quite a long way outside yeah that was really lovely actually i think that was that was i think actually my favorite one was yeah, that the sort like of that weird one. sort of it's almost like a sort of winery oh yeah it was wasn't it and they were really lovely didn't were friends of yours two people came backstage a couple yeah my friend greg and uh, ah, yes. Kate. 
they, yeah, they, they were there. Um, and then we had a drink at the hotel afterwards. And um, it was, yeah, it was, that was really fun. Like, because I didn't know it where, I've never been, it's, I think it's Royal Deeside Bankery. It's kind of near, we were near Balmoral. I don't know why we didn't get invited. Um, well, two and a half years later, I imagine maybe you'd get an invite. You'd hope so. I mean, what's the point of doing the, the social variety, ladder? If not for that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, sure, I mean, it looked absolutely stunning, didn't it? And it was it was really warm. That was the other thing we didn't anticipate, right? That how hot yeah. And so in that like winery, it was kind of boiling. It, it was, was yeah. Lovely. They were really up for it, and it was like a balmy summer night. But everyone kept telling us how lucky we were with the weather, and we we were we were. We, do you remember all the jellyfish, jellyfish we saw? It was, that was, I, again, did not know that about the, um, the coastline. Yeah. Many jellyfish. I was like, do you remember, some of them looked like umbrellas. They were massive. What was it? Four circles weren't poisonous. Three oh, yeah. were. We should have probably oh, yeah, had that. It was that really stressing, yeah. yeah. It was, yeah. I was like, I'll just stay away from all of them, I reckon. <laughs> I know, because I find them frightening and horrible anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, um, and the idea of, I really want to go swimming in the sea. I was annoyed. Because it's so hot. Yeah, because there were so many of them. It was so many. I'll do a video. We we had to get a a ferry across at one point because do you remember the man didn't want us to get the ferry? Yeah, he had some bee in his bonnet about the one (laughs) of the ferry lines that goes to Sky is better than the other one. It doesn't. Yeah, because he was telling us we should do this huge drive, which was going to take hours. And then the other one can't be trusted. The other one can't be trusted. And then it was as he left the room, because he was like a promoter of one of the gigs. But as he left the room, his daughter said, by the way, he missed a ferry one morning and it was his fault, but he's adamant it wasn't. Get the ferry, uh, it's absolutely fine. That's <laughs> so funny, yeah. That was so funny. Yeah, they did like a little tea for us at their house afterwards. Which we looked over the, the lake. Which looked over that beautiful, yeah. Well, that had an incredible view, didn't it? There was a man, basically, who was very lovely, very accommodating. We went to a Michelin-star restaurant, didn't we? Well, yes, we did, Jake. And what did you have? <laughs> <laughs> I, had, um, I had chicken nuggets and chips off the children's yep. menu, but I had two yep. portions, you're so it was an adult you're size. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, most amazing restaurant. They squeezed us in at the last minute. It was already, like, it's a very popular restaurant and amazing views out over the sea. Um, and it was, uh, yeah, it was, and, and, I, and you said you didn't like anything on the menu. So then we had to say, have you got anything else? Can I just have chicken goujons? Um, and they were lovely. They were, I bet they were nice goujons, and yeah. Yeah, who, who ever says they've eaten Michelin star chicken goujons? Very few people, I think, would go for that in the restaurant. I can't remember what I had, actually. I think it was something scallopy. I've got, I've got a nice picture of you, actually, uh, from up okay. there, which I'll, I'll, put, I'll put on Instagram. Um, of you enjoying your meal. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Um, so I, I must find it, and I will, I'll post that on, on, uh, on Instagram when the, when the episode goes out. But yeah, you had a... Um, oh, here we go. Da, 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 da. Oh, yeah, I, did, I had mashed potato as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, but we did uh, go to um, Lewis. That was fun. The, that was lovely. The got me absolutely drunk on whiskey. <laughs> and then I had to spend the ferry journey the next day, like just, just trying to recover while you were enjoying dolphins. Dolphins, yeah. <laughs> Swimming wild. And I was like, oh, I can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick. 
And we saw, um, was it a sea lion or a seal? Which one's in Scotland? Is there a difference? I thought seal is short for sea lion. Oh, oh, they just missed out the last few letters. They missed out that iron, yeah. Oh, is that right? I think so. That's, but that's my story. I'm going to stick to it. A different to an otter, not an otter. Um, well, it is different to an otter, I guess. Only to an otter, uh, yeah. It says here, sea lions are brown, bark loudly, walk on land using their large flippers and have visible ear flaps. Seals have smaller flippers, wriggle on uh, their bellies on land and lack visible ear flaps. Oh, so um, there is a difference. I'm so sorry, everybody. I had no idea. There we go. Uh, which one's in Scotland is what we want to know. We want to know which one we saw. Yeah, we saw lots of them, didn't we? Swimming in the little uh, estuaries. Uh, seals we saw. We saw seals in Lewis. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they were lovely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, really and nice. had, Yeah, and we had lovely food. Lovely food. Yeah, langoustine out of a, out of a hut, out of a sort of food van in... In uh, in Ullapool, which Mary Berry then went to. Mary Berry had already been to. Yeah, either she influenced us or we influenced her, one of the two. We're, well, probably we influenced her, I reckon. Um, <laughs> it was a lovely adventure of just sort of unexpected encounters and meeting lovely people. And we had whiskey with some people from the audience in Elgin. Do you remember that? Yes. And there was a lovely couple there. Actually, yeah, lo- really lovely couple there, weren't they? And they sort of uh, they didn't want the night to end. No, and it didn't because it's so far up north that the sun stays up for it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Didn't even st- the night never started. Um, yeah, so yeah, it was that was nice. Lots of whiskey, which actually is mm. quite. It's, I realised I shouldn't have a lot of. It doesn't make a nice feeling the next day. But at the time, I enjoy it. Especially you have to get on a ferry. Yeah, especially when you're getting on a really rocky ferry. That's not never ideal. I'd say. We can swiftly segue between evenings oh. out to mm. oh, dinner parties. Yes. I'm starving. I'm so hungry. <laughs> what are we going to have? <laughs> I'm actually doing that uh, next week. Um, the Hoover in pod with Jess Foster Q, where you actually oh, do yeah. eat with her, don't you? Yeah, you do. Yeah, I can't. I did too at one point. Does she make the things you eat? I can't remember. Or... I guess she can't for me unless she wants to send it in the post. Um, yeah. Yeah. I have to yeah, eat I did... something. It's a nice Delivery. idea. Very nice idea. Delivery, if I get the same one. That'd be nice. Yeah. They organise a delivery for you. Yeah, I have done one like that. Yeah. Oh, really? Um, I suppose it's the sort of thing you could do, isn't it, if you were having like a Zoom birthday meal. And you yeah. And you all get the same thing. Yeah, and then sit in front of your laptop and eat it. <laughs> I mean, that actually sounds quite bleak, but... Uh... <laughs> so bleak. So bleak. I think I'd rather have the delivery on my lap oh, yeah in, in 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 a cupboard well that 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 that's your your uh your nightmare dinner party but we're here to experience your dream dinner party oh true very nicely done I'm very nice getting quite good at this yeah 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 very good very good i like that so um i'm not sure if i told you what, what happens is but i um what i do is i i've made a prediction for your three uh dinner party guests um oh. which is here in this gold envelope Oh, oh la la! So I'll t- we'll, I'll go. I'll try and keep it to myself, and we'll we'll go through those at the end. But you can enlighten us, Tom, starting with your first dream guest, which is the guest who is uh, alive. Oh well, I had a few options on this, and then perhaps, um, well, there's I I think I've whittled it down to two. 
Um, I think I would have uh, Delia Smith. Um, oh! I've always wanted to meet her because I think she would be very no-nonsense, but would have something interesting to say about everything. Um, also, I'd like to ask her about her time being best friends with Sister Wendy, who you may or may not recall. Um, Sister Wendy used to present the art programme on the BBC um, and was a nun who went around various galleries telling us about things. Um, and her and Delia Smith were best friends, it turned out, in a, in a more recent documentary. But Delia's sort of gone into a sort of reclusive state, I've found, in the last few years. And um, I think she, you know, she probably feels like... Well, I would hate her to feel like the world had forgotten her because I think so many of us still hold out the torch that one day she'll come, she'll come returning to us uh, in a chariot of gold and um, we'll, we'll host some cookery programmes, maybe a Christmas special. Um, but I feel like it's been a while. I think there's lots of wonderful TV chefs at the moment, but she was the, one of the key original ones and certainly the first one to be serious about it. Well, I'm this- surprised that you haven't met her because you're certainly, um, I'd say you're moving in very similar circles. Well, that's very kind of you to say, Jake, but I think it may, whilst it may seem like that, there are circles <laughs> within circles. And I think that there is, I think it is a very elite circle that has. I imagine, Ooh. I imagine it would be Delia, um, Paul McCartney, um, possibly Tim Rice, and um, Sade. People that you don't see that often, but they... Um, you imagine these are the circles she's moving in? Yeah, exactly. Is she not... Um, I'd say you are now a, a, a Channel 4 favourite. Is she not Channel 4? Oh, she's, she's very much a BBC. She's very, she's very much... She's, she is... Delia is, like, key BBC. Key, key. Oh, right. I'm so out of touch with all this. Intergenerational BBC. Like, she's... Yeah. I think that... Um, you know, she lives a nice life, judging by the documentaries that she's occasionally made, uh, in and around Norwich, which I think is a nice place to live. It's a sort of sedate place to live in a lot of ways, but... Lovely place to gig. Lovely place to gig mm. and lovely place just to, um, just to be, you know? And, um, <laughs> and so I think that's what she does. She just goes, well, you know what? I've introduced the British public to olive oil and I'm going to sit back for a while. <laughs> and she, she, does she still own Norwich Football Club? I don't, she had a stake in it. Um, quite literally, because you did have a restaurant there. Because... <laughs> 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 just thought of that. <laughs> Very good. Very good. I'm impressed with myself. I enjoyed that. It's several steaks there, yeah. Um, <laughs> she famously, I think her moment at Norwich was very much when she made her Let's Be Avenue speech, where she, I think, was maybe a little bit, I don't know, I feel like she was little merry for whatever reason and um grabbed the microphone and announced to all the and, and shouted at all the fans there but it was I- iconic i think what the young people would call it yes it's it appears often on those sort of uh well it on a few whether it's shocking football moments or uh shocking celebrity moments or just it's a shocking funny. moment <laughs> yeah yeah it's a real all-rounder isn't it it's a real um it, that might have had something to do with her becoming a slight recluse Maybe she took a back seat from that. I don't know, just sat in the conservatory for a few years. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that, Delia. Nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, but yeah, I miss the days of Delia Smith being on a Tuesday night and she'd just be in her conservatory making something with, maybe introducing us to porcini mushrooms or making something with masala wine uh, involving a chicken. 
and um, a pleated long, long ankle length uh, swishy skirt standing behind the breakfast bar in her conservatory kitchen. <laughs> Uh, just lovely. So calm. I didn't realise she was so mysterious now. I don't know if she is either, but I've projected that. Is she not um, on social media? Is she not on Instagram? She is. Oh, that's true, you know. I don't, I can't imagine she is. I'm going to look her up on Instagram right now. I hope she's not on Twitter because I think that's a... Well, I've realised that recently, actually, that, that I think that's why people, especially if I'm, if I'm a fan of somebody, um... I've got really no real interest in their tweets because anything I'm going to want is going to really ideally be visual. Um, yes. For example, yes. Um, I, I really like uh, Simon Reeve. Uh, oh, yeah. There's no Julia the, Smith Instagram account, by the way. Oh, there isn't one. Oh. As far as I can tell. Um, uh, there's one called Delia Smith is not on fire. And the, it's a picture of Delia Smith. And then the biography is, hi, I'm not Delia Smith. Um, so I'm imagining it, that's not her. And there's a Delia Smith every day. Quite a, quite a sinister account, just to let you know. She's she, still... She's still not on fire. Not in a ball of it's flames. Reassuring. <laughs> it's reassuring. She, oh, there's a picture of her watching Norwich with her Norwich scarf on. Um, and apparently they change the picture whenever Norwich wins. But um, it hasn't... Oh, okay. It, hasn't, it seems to be like there's a picture every day. They haven't won. Um, but I guess we don't know whether it. she still goes or not because it's currently illegal. But then if she's, a, if she's a shareholder, surely it's a business meeting. Oh, very true. Very How do you, I don't know, is it? But if you can stay at home, you should. She could watch it on the television, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because <laughs> she's so mysterious. We don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. We, um, we can ask I her. I wouldn't like to cast at the, at the dinner party. Very, well, exactly. That's why I need her at the dinner party. And, I, you know, I can cast aspersions, but I think um, I'm sure she's very strict about the lockdown rule. Um, that's what I imagine. Well, you were saying how you haven't met her. Um, but I mean, there is a very good, good chance that you will, which must be lovely for, for it to be somebody that you chosen as your dream dinner party guest, somebody who you could very easily be booked on the same, uh, whether oh, it's Grant Norton or Jonathan Ross, you could easily. Oh, my dream would be that she was there. I would probably be crying for the whole show. People would be like, what's the, what's the, what's the <laughs> Everybody's having a nice what time. What strange it's episode. It's <laughs> really weird. There was just that gay guy in the corner crying. <laughs> Did you see last night episode of Would I Lie to You? <laughs> <laughs> what are you Tom Allen crying in the corner. Just crying. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's always depend. All her recipes are always dependable. Um, they're always quite straightforward. They're not overly elaborate. They're not going to be ingredients mm. that, you know, you're going to have to go to a specialist place in some fancy corner of London. You know, she would sort of, she would say it's fine to use dried herbs or um, right. she was, you know, like, it's just like, just cook from scratch, but don't, you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to go over the top. Oh, that's good. Cause I always find that whenever I find a recipe book and then I've currently, I've got Jamie Oliver's, is it five ingredients one? So it's only really oh, yes. five main ingredients. And then obviously salt and pepper and oil and stuff, but, um, which I thought was cheating, but now I realize makes sense. But um, I always hate it when I find an ingredient and I look down and about when it gets to maybe the fourth or fifth one, it starts to be things I've, I've never heard of. And I'm, nev- I'm never going to go and buy because I realise that you can only buy it in like kilos and oh, you need a yeah, pinch. I don't know about you, but if I decide I want to make something, I don't want to have to plan it to, I don't want to be like, oh, in two weeks time, I'm going to make such a great chicken fricassee. I want to be like, <laughs> what have I got? I want it now. Yes, uh, exactly. Yeah, because ultimately it's going to take me five minutes to eat. 
Um, I have met Jamie Oliver, who is, I, I think you wouldn't mind me saying, he's a big fan of Delia. Um, and, oh. um, and also says how nice Nigel Slater is. Um, so I think, I think he, um, and Jamie Oliver again, <laughs> I think is a very inspiring person. I love chefs, what can I say? I love that what it suggests is that you met Jamie Oliver and you just asked him about other chefs. What's Tom Kerridge like? <laughs> just went on a big time idea. What's Gordon Ramsay actually like? <laughs> Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Well, I do wonder if maybe Sister Wendy could make a reappearance now in the second section as we swiftly move on to your second guest, which is uh, the, the, uh, the guest who is no longer with us. So who have yes. you chosen for your deceased. dead guest at the dinner party? Deceased guest, an awkward, awkward person to have at the table, I think. <laughs> um, I think, again, I was torn between two people. I think Noel Coward. I think that's who I mm. erudite. And I would like to, I've always admired him and I'd like to talk to him about his life and his work and see what he was actually like uh, in a personal level. Because I think there was a sense of, what he projected, but actually in his writing, there's often a lot of vulnerability. So I imagine there was a sort of, I imagine one-on-one, he would have been much more, um, what is the word? Um, would have been different, I suppose. I, f- I feel like he might've been surprising and a lot more kind of um, uh, empathetic with people rather than uh, he might, because he seemed quite grand, I think at times, but I think that was all really a front. Have you, am I right in thinking, have you, what have you, have you done one of his plays or have you been involved with something he's-, he's I was involved, in- I was the youngest member of the Noel Coward Society as a teenager. That's, that's the one. Uh, when I was doing my research, that's what I came across. Uh, 14? Uh, yes, yeah, about 14 or 15, I think I joined. Them. Yeah, um, that's exciting. That was quite fun, really. I think they did get in touch with me recently. Um, they, it was quite sweet. Yeah, it was just sort of, I, I just sort of think there's, for me, when I was a teenager, there weren't a lot of role models who were, you know, kind of in my, weren't sort of as eccentric as I was, I suppose. And he seemed like the perfect one because um, he sort of did a bit of everything. He was funny, wrote a lot. Um, and I always just wanted to be just like him really. Um, but but I had no idea how to do it. And, and before you could look stuff up on the internet as well. So you'd have to go to like Bromley Central Library and get a book out about him. But you couldn't just sort of like, act, you couldn't just go online and buy a film like or rent a film. Like, and I think that's kind of interesting compared to our age now where, you know, you just go, oh, I'm quite interested in Douglas Fairbanks. Who was that? Okay, I'll type that in. Oh, right. Oh, he made a film. Oh, you can buy it from, you know, Apple or it's on Amazon and it's, it's on Netflix so you can just watch it. Um, 
everything's at our fingertips now. But back then you had to sort of really research it and learn and imagine. You did a lot of imagining, projecting yeah. what people were like, what, the, what you thought they might say in certain situations. And, <laughs> and it wasn't, you couldn't just go on an Instagram site and be like, oh, follow the Noel Counter site and feel connected and feel kind of immersed in something. I, I, I can just do it when I can. And people are like, oh, what, oh going on about Noel Coward again. He, oh, come on. It was really sort of like of an age when you weren't, a time when like, being a geek wasn't cool at all. So like being too enthusiastic about anything was seen as weak. <laughs> so, yeah, um, yeah. Whereas now people are sort of, um, people like to call themselves a super fan of a thing. Yeah, they do, yeah. And it's almost like a, a level to aspire to be. Yeah. Like, exactly. like, yeah. I want Would to be a like? super fan. Yeah, because it shows that you have uh, tenacity. You have you, you, you engage 100% in something you're interested in, not like oh, casual interest in this. But it was lovely. And we had yes. neighbours who... Um, who were, who also really liked Noel Goward. And so they would lend me books and things that they had. And, and oh. then gave, I've got some there about um, like his lyrics and just sort of photographs from his life and stuff. I mean, you know, obviously the times when he seemed quite flawed, uh, but I think there was something about him as the outsider who sort of adopted a kind of high status persona because that's easier, isn't it? Uh, if you're on the outside. And, and, and I think sort of, um, yeah, and for me, just sort of, yeah, things like the film Brief Encounter is, perhaps my favourite film. Uh, if, if oh. Not, the one about the aliens. No, what you Yeah, about. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favourites. And uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, my mum used to watch that loads when I was growing up. Oh, really? Oh, is your mum? Oh, right, yeah. Well, yeah. he wrote that as a short, maybe you know this, but he wrote that as a short play. Um, oh, I didn't know. Tonight at 8.30, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's tonight at 8.30. Uh, and um, it was, uh, yeah, it was just sort of a little idea, but sort of, really, uh, to my mind anyway, epitomised something about an era and a sensibility. And I think it still carries for, forward now, the kind of suburb, the idea of a suburban, uh, suburban people in middle England, uh, her yeah. being happily married with a family and goes to town every day to do her shopping and collect her library books and sort of ends up meeting this <laughs> bloke at the train station and fundamentally just has an affair with him, basically. And <laughs> he's like, what? I'm not somebody who has affairs. This is terrible. And it's so, that would have been such a scandalous idea. Yeah. Just sort of keep it on the side of respectability. The brief encounters that gay people have of kind of falling in love with people who, you know, can't, you can't be with them and you can't, they can't particularly them, the legal and everything. So it's all sorts of, all sorts of parallels. And I, I really related to it. And I was like, why, why does this mean so much? And just sort of the idea of kind of short-lived yeah, relationships that feel like painfully sad that you can't talk about afterwards feels like it, it very much kind of it summed up a lot of that stuff so I suppose it's that you know so it's kind of yeah that that kind of voice I always think is very but I would like yeah that sort of idea of Noel Cab seemed kind of lofty and quite glamorous and sort of friends with the Queen Mother and um and sort of lived quite a grandiose life and uh I think in truth there was a bit more vulnerability to it than that and I think he sort of fell in and out of favour and was very much out of fashion after the Second World War um, because tastes had changed so much and they didn't want to sort of watch plays about people sort of swishing around in drawing rooms anymore. And they were like, we want to see actually a bit of reality in our plays, if that's okay. And, and so he became very unfashionable, really. But it's interesting, I think, because he did reinvent himself and did go to Las Vegas and performed as a cabaret singer in the 50s. And sort of, so he was kind of like, you know, a lot of things to a lot of people. He was kind of, yeah, sort of, intriguing existence really i didn't even and i didn't know he even wrote uh brief encounter 
There's that film, and uh, mm. I, if you like that, you might like the film This Happy Breed. It's also a David Lean film, uh, but it's about a kind of working-class family between the two world wars. And it's not as... It is subtle and it's really beautiful in its way, but it is quite... It's not as... Um, it's not as poetic. Oh, it is poetic, right. it? but it, it's a bit more like this sort of Cockney speaking that people used to do. And of course you've got posh Celia Johnson doing a Cockney voice. Right, like, I'm very yeah. saucy, Queenie. I'm very sorry, I'm sure. I'm very sorry. And then everybody <laughs> talks in this sort of kind of flipped, kind of trying, we're not, we are, we are working class, but we've, we've learned to be posh and now we're having to learn to be Cockney again. Um, and uh, it's all kind of, yeah, good. You might like it. I do always think that when I sort of watch these things, how uh, it would have been, I, I assume a sort of a combination of it being really trained actors doing fake Cockney as well as, you know, what, what the, the microphones were like then. Because almost the speed it's recorded at is too fast. That it yeah. sort of makes us believe yeah. there was an accent that never actually existed. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I think that was true, yeah. So you had to talk a little bit like that. And like Noel Cobb famously sort of created this idea of people talking very fast in plays, which had never existed before. Oh. People would say one thing, say another, say one thing. Before that, it was like, uh, it was quite declamatory, I think. It was quite sort of Shakespearean a lot of the time. Not, not always, but he sort of, well... I'm sure he wasn't the first person, but he kind of created this idea of people talking very quickly. Like, people were like, wow, it's so fast. <laughs> well, I'm always guilty of speaking too quickly. Um, so now I can just pass it off as being heavily influenced by Noel Coward. I don't think you should speak. I think I, I well, I get told off for it. Um, oh, do you? Not told off, but like, it's very fast, it's very fast. Is that by your dad or by uh, um, TV producers? I get it from yeah, my dad. Other, com- other comedians would say it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, I do get it when I'm on stage, people say it. But uh-huh. I like it. I like it. I think it's good. I don't think I've never been like, Jake, slow down. <laughs> I've um, got too much to say and not enough time. Well, that's, I suppose that's a conditioning thing, I think, as well. Like, if that's your, you don't want to take up too much space. That's what I think. It, you know, like, yeah. So yeah, like, so I'll be out your way soon. If you don't like this, yeah, bit, yeah, there's another bit coming in a minute. <laughs> yeah, that's, what, yeah that's, so much, that's so true. Yeah. Whereas, you know, posh people. <laughs> But then I go, and I said this and another thing. And I saw exactly. This. Of course, you're going to listen to what I have to say. It's me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Would you ever write a play? I imagine that's sort of in your world, not. Oh, that's a nice impossibility. I, like, I feel like, um, I feel like I'm only just coming to know myself a bit. For a long time, I was like, try think I could write a play and try and write things down, and really struggled because I was always. I think there was so much kind of going on in my brain and I was so kind of worried about how I seemed or what I was presenting and stuff that I always um that I I think it was all the years felt like they were jamming um and and I was too confused by everything but now I because I just wrote the book and stuff I feel like I've got a lot of stuff out I feel a lot calmer I think the the last 12 months of sort of being having space to just sort of consider things is a lot oh yeah maybe I would so so I would like to but I, you know. Yes. Well, you're you're one of the few people who actually wrote a book and actually got it published uh, last year. Well, there is that. Um, and well, uh, yeah, I was. I always wanted to write it, um, and I'd always kept a diary. So I suppose in some way, I'd always, you know, thought maybe there'll be a point when I write it down in a more public uh, arena. But they. But but yeah, it was a lovely feeling to do. Blimey, it's got a very good review on Goodreads. Has it? Oh yeah, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm on. I'm on Goodreads. It's, it's an app I've got, which means I can you sort of have books you want to read, and you can keep up to date with the books you're currently reading. And then when you've read them, so it all sort of goes on the shelf, so you can see uh, what you've read, and you have a um, 
like I have a, oh. an aim each year of how many books to read. So it just keeps track of that. Oh, but um, that's clever, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and, and then you can just you can rate the and review the books as you go. Um, and yeah, and yours is a very good, very good score. Okay, well, we have two fantastic guests who I imagine would get along for a uh, for English. Yeah, I think I think Delia and and Noel would get along. Yeah, um, and we have one more guest to arrive, which is I've, uh, people have said uh, the the toughest of the three to choose. Um, I guess because it literally is an almost infinite possibility. So, who would be Tom Allen, your fictional guest at the dream dinner party? Well, um, it's, it is a difficult one because, of course, there is a, a universe of people that um, are based in fiction. Um, and I was thinking about different films. I realised it could be included in this and obviously books um, and imaginary friends. Uh, <laughs> and I think I'm going to go with... Am I wrong here? I, th- I think it's a bit... I think I'm, as, I've, as I've gone through these, I realised they're a bit... They are a bit sort of a, a bit one note ish, but I think that's probably because I I liked them when I was when I was growing up. Um, uh, but um, well, I suppose I started to think about like favourite books, and one of the books I've thought about a lot recently because of um, various reasons uh, is largely because I live in suburbia. It's a book called the The Buddha of Suburbia, and written by Hanif Qureshi, and it's set in Bromley where I live. Um, and my, I had a brilliant English teacher called Miss Abbott, uh, now Collins, and she got us to do that. It was our first A-level English text that we studied. And it really blew my mind because I didn't know you could write about like Bromley or like the normal, the banal. Up until that point, I thought everything had to be like high status and had to be high stakes people. And I didn't realise there was so much to write about in the everyday. So there's a, there's a character, the main character is called um, Karim. He lives in Bromley, and uh, and yeah, maybe I think he would be a nice person to include in the in the party. I think he would be. He's sort of he's sort of wide eyed, sort of sweetly engaging with the world for the first time, and finds himself employed by a theatre company, and then he becomes an actor for a bit. But he's sort of I don't know. At various points, people project different things onto him, and he's kind of always trying to find himself. I think in it all. It's really yeah, it's a really brilliant book. The Buddha of Suburbia, Hanif Qureshi. Um, the Buddha of Suburbia. Yeah, I'm gonna get it. Um, I'm gonna get it down so you know it's, I'm not lying. Um, <laughs> but yeah, oh look, you can, oh my God, I haven't pulled this off the shelf for a while. Um, uh, the Buddha, it's, yeah, and it's, um, it, it's, it's, a, it's about uh, Karim and his, his dad uh, was born in India and his mum was born in London and, um, and and so he feels like he's he's kind of exploring both the cultural influences on his life, and he's trying to find where he fits. Uh, and 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 it's set against the backdrop of the nineteen eighties, which I think was quite a turbulent time in so many ways. So yeah, it's quite a yeah. I, I haven't revisited that for a while. And I thought oh, that might be quite nice. So um, in, how old is he in the book? It sort of charts him from. Teenage years, so sort of sixteen, I think, to sort of early twenties. Oh, okay, cool. And and which version of him is turning up? Twenties, uh, twenties. 
Yeah. The problem is now I want to ask questions, but also I'm going to read the book, so I don't want I don't want spoilers. Right. I'm reading. So I'm reading the Goodreads thing of him here. You're obsessed with Goodreads. I I absolutely love Goodreads. What what a, a I what I I've convinced myself is, is a is a healthy app to be on. That's quite a good book. That's quite a good app. I mean. I, yeah, I have to be careful about reading my own reviews, but they seem like they're nice. Oh, there's a different version of it now. But yeah, um, yeah, Karim Amir lives with his English mother and Indian father in the routine comfort of suburban London. Enjoying his teenage years with good humour, always on the lookout for adventure and sexual possibilities. Life gets more interesting, however, when his father becomes the Buddha of suburbia, beguiling a circle of would-be mystics. And when the Buddha falls in love with one of his disciples, the beautiful and brazen Eva, Karim is introduced to a world of renegade theatre, directors, punk rock stars, fancy parties, and all the sex a young man could desire. But it's not, that sounds like it's kind of, I don't think it's... Sounds sound like it's your life. Sounds like pretty much how I've lived. Um, um, it's not a salacious, that makes it sound like it's a bit more salacious than it is. I don't, I always thought it was quite, um, it was just quite sweet really. Yeah. Yeah. When was the last time you read it? Oh, not for years. Oh really? I don't tend to read books twice. Maybe I should. Do you? Uh, no, I was recently going to, um, reread, uh, Catcher in the Rye. Because uh, I hadn't read it for maybe no. five years. And I was like, maybe I should give that. Oh, and of Mice and Men, I realised I hadn't read since I was forced to at school. And I thought maybe I should actually, maybe oh, I might just been... now enjoy it. Now I'm not being told to. I don't think I've ever read uh, Catcher in the Rye. It is really good, actually. I, I really enjoyed it. It was nothing like what I thought it was going to be. Um, and it's very, very good at sort of subtlety of sort of suggestion. Uh, oh. So it leaves a lot to uh, the... Uh, imagination but um which i like in a book some people might just go wish they could just tell us what actually happened to sort of reason sure, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i quite like that one like i like the end of a uh, life of pi uh have you I've read never that got to the end of it i started reading it and i was really upset by it i found it so violent and then um yeah i was, I was like i cannot read any more about <laughs> the details of uh a, a hyena eating a zebra, which is still alive slowly over a series of days. Oh yeah, there was that bit of it. Yeah, and maybe um, that's only a bit of it. And I was like, I should have just. No, books tend to have those kind of moments, don't they? Almost, it actually makes the uh, the ending uh, I that I like because uh, it sort of leaves you with two options. Uh, it makes the one of them even more harrowing. So um, actually, maybe just leave it where you are. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. People say you've got to get to the end. It's an amazing ending. And I'm like, oh. But I imagine it's something about like how that is what the world is like and we should just accept it and that the world is a cruel place and then you die. Um, no, it, it's a bit more personal than that for him. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, I think that's as much as I'll say without sort of spoilers. But uh, it's very good. And obviously I named, I named my cat Richard Parker after the tiger. Oh, yes. Richard Parker is the tiger there. Do you know the original story of Richard Parker? Um, no. is, a, is an Australian man who came to London to buy a ship but he didn't know how to sail so he paid uh, a guy to sort of put a team together and the cabin boy was a boy called Richard Parker but wh- uh, what happened was when you used to sail out uh, in these big ships or well, the crew would have to pick a straw and that was where the short straw thing came from oh right and if you picked the short straw it meant that um if anything happened and they had to turn to cannibalism you'd be the first to, to be sacrificed oh my uh, god yeah, and then the person with, I think, the second shortest would be the one that had to kill them. Um, so what happened was they did, they got on a shipwreck and... Uh, what, they got on a shipwreck? <laughs> the ship that they were... They were 
That's, that's where terrible start. That was that, yeah. <laughs> so they get on the ship, ended up being shipwrecked. They had to uh, kill and eat the cabin boy, Richard Parker. And then when they got rescued and they arrived home, they told people this is what happened. But what, since they had left, the laws had changed, which no. meant this was now murder and it was now illegal. So everybody on the ship, I think there was only a, a group of them, a small group of them, um, they all got imprisoned and I oh. think they were going to be hanged. And then uh, even Richard Parker's brother, um, I can't remember his name, but it'd be a good name for the second cat. Anyway, he, um, he was trying to get them free, even though it was his brother, because he would say they didn't know. And it was actually Queen Victoria who pardoned them all. Oh, wow, I didn't know. And said it wasn't their fault and they didn't know. So I assume that's why then Jan, Jan Martel, is that who wrote I've Five? Then remember. called the tiger Richard, Richard Parker. Oh, wow. I, I did not know that. Yeah, I mean, she used to have brutal life was back then. But then I suppose... Oh, God, yeah. Well, I mean, you know what it's like. You've been on a ferry hungover. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's exactly how I felt. I would have eaten all of the people on that. <laughs> hungover, hangover. Cravings. Yeah. Sorry, there's no support act tonight. <laughs> uh, unfortunately... Jake drew the short straw. Um, <laughs> Tom, what has to happen now is I am putting together the perfect dinner party. Oh, yes. So each week I will be picking somebody uh, which my guest has chosen to go to the ultimate dinner party, which you two are invited to as well. You'll right. be there. Oh, wow. I can't wait. So now we have to figure out between the three uh, who we should bring. Um, <clears throat> well, if so, my suggestion would be Noel Coward because I yes. think he has the most stories that people would be interested in, and he would be witty and funny, and uh, that's the same thing. And uh, he would he would know what to say to people. He would charm people, different people from different walks of life. I think he'd be quite good with, um, and he could talk about. Quite, he lived through quite a seismic change, I think, from the First World War through to the early 70s. So he saw a lot of changes. Um, right, yeah. So I think and how old was he when he died? 72, but he smoked about oh, okay. 5 million fags every day. So, right. Um, <laughs> um, um, yeah. I haven't thought the concept through enough to know what sort of age they come back as, but I guess that's up to them themselves when they're getting brought back. They, they can... I think that's up to them, yeah. Yeah, not, not right at the end, obviously. I don't think anybody would want yeah, that. It, yeah, that's very, yeah, very slow. Quite harrowing. Sick. Yeah, just a bit of sick. Quite a depressing evening. Yeah, quite, quite. <laughs> Actually, can we put Delia in instead? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Delia's much, yeah. Let's be having you. Uh, she would, yeah, she would get on the table and she, yeah, she'd be like, oh, she'd, she'd also cook the dinner party. So yeah, there'd be no slacking around the... No, party. I think we'd all be too scared. I'd yeah, be... um. But I think I'll be quite scared to, to speak in front of Noel Coward. Yeah, maybe Delia's a bit better then. Maybe Delia's a better choice. Maybe we've done it. <sighs> no, I, 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 I think for the, for the good of the party, this is the ultimate dinner party. Big fan of Delia Smith. Don't know Kareem. I'll get to know him when I read The Buddha of Suburbia. Of course. But I think I'm going to go for, for Noel Coward. And I think because you're going to be there, and I think as much I do believe you're going to meet Delia Smith. Yeah, um, it could happen. Yeah. So yeah, maybe that's maybe that's maybe that's the best choice. You're right. 
So I think but, we're going to go with Noel Coward. We we have we have the the one f- format which is that I predicted. Yeah, who did you think? We have alive, and I would say this isn't this isn't too far from your uh, dead choice. For alive, I went with um, Alan Bennett. Was somebody I considered? That's very oh, funny. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. really? Oh, Alan what Bennett. do I reckon? Half a point for that? I'm going to give myself. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I really was thinking about Alan Bennett. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Okay, well, I guess guess. Um, uh, again, uh, on the sub bench. Yeah. And for dead, um, I went with uh, Victoria Woods, but w- which would have been nice, but would have been um, complicated because it's Rosie Jones's choice. Uh, oh. Yeah. So she's, she's already will already be at there. She she will be there, which yeah. um, which I think is a lovely guess. She's who we we chose. She and she yeah she was the one that went through, and then for fictional. Um, now I was, I was torn, um, because I remember years ago, uh, you were, I think on a train and you had downloaded, um, now Voyager. Oh Uh, yeah. So I thought of, um, one of the, uh, characters from that, but then I went with, uh, um, Roger Thornhill from North by Northwest. (gasps) Kaplan, George Kaplan. Uh, name is not George Gamble. Oh, that would have been a nice, but I wish I, oh yeah, that would have been a, that, I didn't even think of him. I well, it did, like... mean, it did mean that Cary Grant was, was also in a running for the dead choice. Just because I know that you've said before how yeah. much he's really, a really good comic actor. Yeah. And Catherine Hepburn, of course, as well. Yeah. It's very hard. There's just three. It's very difficult. It's, it's so hard to choose from. But I mean, I love, I love all your choices. Um, but that's who I thought of when I thought of you. There you go. Is it? Oh, George Kaplan. Obviously, at the end of podcasts, it's tradition for people to do that. Where can they find you? Absolutely um, at everywhere. At home. Uh, um, oh, I see. At home. Uh, um, oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Absolutely um, nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. <laughs> Seen things. I don't. Yeah. Um, or you could read the book. People have you've got of... you've got the book. If you're on Goodreads, there's the book. There's the book. Yeah. Or if um... you've got um, 4OD, there's Bake Off. If you've got iPlayer, there's Apprentice. You're fired. There's Mock the Week. There's Live at the Apollo. There's there's, way, there's ways to access certainly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are you um, doing all them? Four, all four. It's called now actually, Jake. It's oh, is it all? all blimey. It's all four, uh, so. uh, what did I say? 4OD. You did say 4OD. Which it used to be called. No, then it still think it should have gone with four play. But there you would go. have been fun. Would have been fun. Would have been yeah. fun. Would have been very Channel Four. Um, are you doing an audio version of your book? Done it. Yeah, that's out. Oh, there. Like is it out there? Book, which I've recorded. I don't know. People sometimes say, "Are you recording your audio book?" I'm like, I don't know who they think would I would get to do it. <laughs> it's almost quite an offensive question. Yeah, like I might get Taron Egerton or something. To <laughs> or I got El- I got Elton John to read mine. <laughs> oh, and, thank you uh, so much for coming on. Real pleasure. Um, I'm, I'm sure people will enjoy this whole series. So thank you for creating it and oh, everything. Well, so, thank you. Yeah. Um, but um, well, well, I'm starving now. So when are we eating? That's what I want to know. So that was my conversation with Tom. Um, thank you for listening. 
again, if you want to write in, then you can contact me, guestlistwithjake at gmail.com if you have any feedback or if you want to join in with PestList or if you agree or disagree with the choices that I make, then just let me know and I'll usually read them out at the start of the show. Um, again, sorry, I have been moving house, which is probably why I sound tired as well. Sorry about that. But um, please also um, rate and review and tell your friends because it all makes a difference and whoever's been doing that so far, you've got us on new and noteworthy. So thank you very much. But obviously the more people that listen, the better. So um, please, yep, tell your friends and I'll see you next week. Bye. (laughs) 